I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, I'm Pete Donaldson, and I've never watched a WrestleMania. And I'm Mark Haynes, and I've watched too many. Together, we are watching every WrestleMania. And we're subjecting them to the kind of scrutiny that ruins them entirely. This is WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania. Match three, Jake Roberts versus George yes. Wells. Great bit here. George Wells is a guy who you never saw before and you never saw again. Right. Good on him that he can tell people, I'm in WrestleMania. Mm. Everyone he said that to has gone, that George Wells is full of shit. Because <laughs> he literally went nowhere after that. He was did. a guy, I think he'd done some sort of TV work. He was a bit of enhancement talent and stuff. Right. But they put him in. They've got Jake Roberts in and his nickname is The Snake because he's very sort of, he's got a sort of um, sly attitude right because this was the first one that I was like oh this is a proper wrestling match this is the first one yeah. in Wrestlemania 2 where I was like oh these guys know what they're doing yes yeah um, this, this George Wells is actually I mean he, he was in Stampede which is a camp, uh, Canadian thing he, I think he played for the Canadian Football League right. he's a proper athlete it's just mm. that funny thing about how some people make it and some people don't he yeah. seemed to have all the tools but whether he they just couldn't think of anything to do with him or they decided he wasn't going to be big I mean he's almost like a trivia question if there's one trivia question in Wrestlemania <laughs> you would say, who did George Wells face at WrestleMania? That would be like the hardest question you could ask. Yeah, okay. Because he's the most forgotten. George Wells is now, he's still alive, he is now a, a drug counsellor. Ah. Um, which, um, I mean, some of that knowledge probably would have been useful for Jake <laughs> at the time. Uh, Jake Roberts had a very, very long, uh, successfully beaten now, mm. a very long problem with, with drugs. Very well documented in the film Beyond the Mat. Yeah. Uh, which is absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, because I don't know his story, kind of the, how he got the name Jake the Snake, because the way he wrestled wasn't particularly so snaky. No. And then he gets a sna- But in many ways, he was Jake the Snake owner. Yes. Like he was a man who wanted a snake. <laughs> I was reading some interviews with him, and I never know quite how... Whether it's just sort of, you know, one of those things that people say. He says he's always been terrified of snakes. <laughs> right. He yeah. just hated them. And of course, when you get a snake, it's not like you give it in at the end of the night and someone takes care of it. No. He had to take it everywhere. There's stories, I think, about him leaving it in fridges so that it would be essentially locking itself into a slumber as it hibernated. Yeah. And then by the time he'd got to the arena, the lights would heat it up and it had come it's alive. So by the time it, yeah. the match is over, he takes it out and it's moving. The other thing he, he doesn't comes seem up to with, treat the snake particularly well. <laughs> the snake doesn't look like it's enjoying itself. Let me read you. <laughs> 
The following news report from the Watford Observer <laughs> in 2004. American wrestling star Jake the Snake has been convicted of causing unnecessary suffering to a 12-foot python at his former home in London Colney. London Colney is just outside Watford. Right. Post his Beyond the Mat appearance, mm. where he is very, very strung out on, on all sorts of medication, mm. he moved to England, and he's not in a good way, and he mistreats the snakes. He just basically leaves them, forgets to feed them and everything. I mm. don't think he was as keen on the snakes <laughs> as they made out. They really portray him on TV as going, oh, they're like a tag team, the two of them. <laughs> well, shouldn't leave your tag team partner in a garage. <laughs> Or and a go fridge. away. Or a fridge. <laughs> then you got a brief um, Ventura sort of Hogan interview. That was yeah. quite enjoyable. One of the few times you'll see them together, certainly certainly in recent history, they uh, they are not good chums. Ah. Uh, he wanted, uh, at the time, he was trying to start unions. Oh, that's right, yes. And, uh, but Hogan and, and he was believes the guy. that Hogan was the guy who yeah. informed on him and you know got him fired and everything. Right. Uh, Hogan in this as well. Hogan doesn't look like Hulk Hogan at this time. He's got like a weird bandana that's <sighs> across tight, one eye, which makes me... Well, it's kind of law on one eye, which makes me think... Then I Google, I was like, had he damaged... Had he cut his eye? Uh-huh. But apparently... He did have a black eye at one of the WrestleManias, but it wasn't that WrestleMania one. WrestleMania 9. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know why he had his bandana kind of so tight on his head. Fashion like, baby. <laughs> yeah, but like, Fashion baby. Like it, made, it distorted his right eye sort of hey, down. Does this, guy look, <laughs> does this guy have a head like a boy? Whoa, look at this eye, slopey. It was so weird. Love it. It was a, just he a weird looks look. Terrible. Yeah. He looks boiling not, hot. Not, not as bad as Jesse Ventura, though. <laughs> I sort of like the Jesse Berry, Ventura look. Berry, Fucking Fellabore and the aforementioned gold. He's also hair. got, actually, you don't really notice it, but he's also got very Savile hair. <laughs> it's really crispy white hair out the back. It, that, that look, it just gets worse year by year. <laughs> who'd have imagined? Yeah, who'd have imagined that that look would be worse now than it was 10 years ago? Uh, then we come to the boxing match between yes. Roddy Piper and Mr. T. The celebrities. Oh, if you like hearing introductions <laughs> to celebrities you've half heard of, this is the show for you. Cap Calloway. I don't know where it goes from there, but Gordon Liddy, the head of the Watergate Plumbers. I know, and they a, boo him. A legit, yeah, a legitimate national sh- shame fest. And like, they're all introduced by Joan Rivers. <laughs> who looks like BT out the BT advert. She does. You know, like when you see 80s Doctor Who, and yeah. they go, we're going to the future space hospital. <laughs> and that would be the receptionist to be wearing that sort of, it's a very square top. I tell you what. They paid her to turn up. They certainly hadn't paid her to make jokes because she doesn't do a single she one. She didn't do a single one. She read everything off these really crappy cards that weren't even oh, branded. Awful. Brand up your cards. I got obsessed with the name she had to shout out. I mean, the judges included Chocolate Thunder Daryl Dawkins. Yes. And... She had a real uh, she had a real uh, sort of wink in her eye at that point. She had a real sort of glint in her eye. She had nothing. I thought, oh, there's a gag coming. No. 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 <laughs> You'd think you could get something out of <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> Thunder. And she also calls Cab Calloway the Heidi High Man. The song is called Mini the Moocher, he sings, he sort of does scat singing. Howdy, 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 That's the one. one yeah. Heidi High Man is not Cab Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ted Bovis. <laughs> who ironically looks like quite a lot of the wrestlers. <laughs> My favourite is she goes, and the timekeeper... Herb, nothing else. So there's no context to put in. And this guy who looks like Philip Larkin comes in and he does a sort of like half tap dance. <laughs> you never fucking see him again. <laughs> but I, I, he, the, I can't find any more information about him. The problem is if you just type Herb, Herb TV. Yeah. American Herb <laughs> TV 1980s. They just tell you about Herb. They don't tell you specifically about Herb. Herb. About what, who, or 
if Herb is famous. Yeah, and also, like, yeah, I guess maybe the WrestleMania 2 fans and the sort of people who would maintain records, blogs and stuff about WrestleMania probably aren't really interested in if no. Herb is, but we are. That makes me interested in Herb. Do you know what? I think <laughs> I think there's a chance that we should do a side special just about <laughs> just Herb. Herb. Then Joan Rivers has to say the line first, the seconds, which I think is not even a joke. I think it's just badly put together. <laughs> and the seconds come in. It's a mess. She's introducing people. They're already there. It's all overlapping. Again, there's too many people. <laughs> there are too many, too many people. She says, here comes Mr. T, always gracious. Again, not a great sell <laughs> for what gracious. is supposed to be the fight of the century. I always just, gracious. It almost sounds like... It almost sounds a bit racist, kind of like, he's not a thug. Yeah. He's not the thug that you think he yeah. is. Yeah. You have that a lot in football, um, sort of commentators. It's sort like, of oh, I don't like an Arsenal midfielder. Sort of, he's very, uh, he's very, he's very polite boy, really well-mannered. You go and basically, you'd expect him a Northern and Black yeah. kid to be a bit of a mouthy yeah. shit, but he's very not. Very softly spoken very and softly respectful. Spoken. Yeah, it's just like, fuck you, fuck yeah. you. People say that about like Graham Lasso back no, in the nineties. No, they called him a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly, because he read the Guardian. I, I have to confess, Pete, this is terrible. But I didn't watch this match. But it just—I found a, it's it just a... so boring, and I know I've been bored by it before. Rowdy Roddy Piper, he gets all greased up on his head. It seemed more visceral than I was expecting. Uh-huh. There's a lot more headshots. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, how is this? Like, how is this? And I, but because you, what you told me before about. Piper and him not getting on, or Piper yeah. not respecting him. It seemed like the punches were connecting a little more than they needed to, let's gotcha. say. I don't know. Got you. And I think that's actually quite a hard thing to, you know, wrestling is, again, we've, I think we've talked about this, it's not that it's fake, it's predetermined. The mm. actual things that you do mm. to your body are being done to your body. Yes. I can't imagine it's very easy to do three rounds of a boxing match in front of you know, however many millions are watching and all those people in the room without actually occasionally lamping the other one and yeah. the other one going, right, I'm going to get you back. <laughs> it, well, it must well, just be a living nightmare. Well, it seemed to be that was kind of what was happening. Yeah. And I kind of feared for Piper because I was like, I reckon T would probably take him to Yeah, yeah. But when I came back in as well, Vince McMahon was really trying to sell this as being a great match. Right, okay. And he did that by saying the word melee wrong four times in a row <laughs> he kept saying what a melee melee what a melee isn't that like a what a rough pastry. and tough melee <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Donald Trump learns a new word <laughs> yeah. and he just repeats it it's great that he says it four times so you sort of go oh did he say that wrong that oh no he did oh yeah no he did he's, he's still doing so. it <laughs> yeah yeah he's got no idea what that means um, Piper is, is such an interesting character I, mm. I really what should have happened I think at this Wrestlemania is the main event should have been Hogan versus Piper in a cage yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been a really, really big match. It would have been huge. It would have been exciting. What they probably didn't know is that Piper was beginning to get offers from outside. So in 87, he uh, retires at WrestleMania and then he's sort of making they live. And so at this point, Piper is so popular that he transitions into being an action movie star. Yeah, because he does films and stuff, doesn't he? he yeah. And TV yeah. shows. So it's a missed opportunity. Piper's career was, if you like, knocked off the rails a bit by becoming a cult sort of action hero. Yeah. Mm. But Piper's the first who actually walks away when he's on top ah, for something else. Okay. Uh, it's worth saying as well, he's not Scottish. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> no, no, he's he, he wears a kilt. He does play the bagpipes. He was from Saskatchewan in Canada. Yeah. And his dad was a Mountie. Oh, okay. And it just seems a mental thing that you go, right, you're from Canada. Your dad's <laughs> a Mountie. What's your character going to be? Do you know, good gimmick for you. <laughs> be a bloke from Glasgow. Both very bold. They did some UK tours in the sort of early 90s. Mm. And Piper, when they went to Scotland, would be 
unbelievably popular. Really? But then they'd get him on, like, breakfast TV, and they'd go, so, uh, you know, what part of Scotland are you from? <laughs> you know, wh- where did your family hail from? And he'd sort of go, ah, all over, oh, you know me, we got around us pipers. And you can see the slight panic in his eyes as his bluff is called. <laughs> you know, oh, poor lad. Uh, <laughs> very sadly, you know, died much too young. And also, oddly, he was remembered, I think, a lot more for, like, They Live, which is an acceptable way of going, I liked him. He was such a big wrestling star in right. the 80s. What was They know? Live? I'm not really sure what They Live. They Live is a John Carpenter film where he plays the main character in it who is, with a pair of sunglasses, able to see the aliens have infiltrated society right, okay, okay, yeah. and they are encouraging you to get involved in consumerism as a way of just cutting your mind off. He uses the famous line in that, which is, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Is that where that came from? That's where that comes ah, from. Ah, yeah. I did not know that. I think Piper's claimed responsibility for that line. There's a possibility he came mm. up with it. He certainly had some catchy stuff. I, I still hate that thing where a wrestler dies and they don't want to get involved with wrestling because it seems stupid mm. to be interested in that. So you have to go, he was also in this film. It's a great film, he's really good in it, but he is part and parcel, such an important fabric of the wrestling business. Mm. People outside don't really understand wrestling, and so they just ignore it. And it's a real disservice to Piper, who was, was, you know, a main eventer for the best part of 20 years. Yeah, and spent, you know, so many years on the road doing that, basically. And it, it's like when they talk, talk about, I don't know, famous YouTubers and stuff. They go, oh, they, they turned over £20 million this year. Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, yeah, they did. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, no one's got a frame of reference. Piper did something so difficult, which is he got people to leave their houses sit in a seat having mm. paid money because they wanted to see him get beaten or they wanted to see him win. Yeah. That is not a thing that very many people can lay claim to and mm. he certainly could. He's one of the mm. few. There he is getting hit by Mr. T. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> in his finest hour. Uh, Mark. He's he has I think I think Piper has one good WrestleMania match. Right. Other than that, he's not very well served by WrestleMania. Mm. Real shame. And then we move on to the the second venue, which is the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Yeah. Opens up with Gorilla Monsoon dressed as a box of black magic. <laughs> which is good. He's wearing tinted glasses, as he always does. Right. Don't understand why people wear tinted glasses. <laughs> I think they're untrustworthy. Um, <laughs> he welcomes the ring announcer, who's a guy called Chet Kopok. He has never been seen again or, or since. <laughs> Weirdly, actually, he's even less famous than George Wells. So that's the one. And he's with Kathy Lee Crosby, another yes. person so famous she needs no introduction. She was the original Wonder Woman. The original Wonder before Woman. Before... Linda Carter. Before Linda Carter, she originally portrayed Wonder Woman. No one's ever seen that <laughs> no, Wonder Woman. No. I can't even... No, exactly. I've seen Kathy Lee Crosby on WrestleMania 2, <laughs> and I can't picture that Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think she's the first TV Wonder Woman. She doesn't belong on WrestleMania 2. <laughs> she doesn't. She she also comes out and she says, I'm really excited because I've never watched wrestling before. And Gorilla is just like, that is fucking enough. <laughs> um, Silver lady. He then, when they talk about they've got the NFL thing, he turns to her and goes, what do you think's going to happen? Because you've been involved with a lot of football players. <laughs> 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 fucking right, sir. Where's your, where's your golden lasso now? <laughs> hey? Where's your invisible player now? Yeah. Is that but, Wonder Woman? I but forget. you wish you could hang yourself because you just got burned <laughs> by Gorilla Monsoon. The first match we see after the Chicago crowd have sat watching some stuff on a screen yeah. is the fabulous Moogler versus yes. Velvet McIntyre. I mean, this is a nothing match. She was born in 1922. I, I googled love Moolah. I really do. Great name. Fabulous Moolah. So Absolutely. weird. Absolutely. It is bizarre. Born in 1922. 
still wrestling at her age in uh, 19... whatever this was. She's still wrestling in the early 2000s. Incredible. Absolutely nails. The only woman harder than her is a woman called Mae Young, and they were best friends and lived together. And oh. Mae Young was not only harder, Mae Young was even older. <laughs> and Mae Young so out outlived Moolah. She is the hardest woman in the world. I think she had a wrestling match. She was certainly on the inside of the ring doing something in each of eight or nine different decades. decades. <gasps> I mean, it's undone. <laughs> I love Moolah. Moolah is a fucking god. She looks, even like in the early 80s, she looks like someone's nan. Yeah. Uh, She's got a nan bod. She, she has got a nan bod. Like, she makes Velvet McIntyre look so very tall and long. Velvet McIntyre looks healthy. <laughs> and Moolah, th there's something about it that you just go, I can almost picture this just happening on a Victorian street. <laughs> and you've got this rough, tough Moolah, and she's, she's not there to fuck about. She's been told to do this quickly, so she <laughs> boots everything around. And Velvet McIntyre, you can slightly see her thinking, this um, is, uh, this is, I'm not looking as good even... I know I'm going to lose, but I'm not looking very good in this because <laughs> Moolah is just fucking ragdolling me around. This is she, a nightmare. Well, they just... they I, I did quite enjoy this match because mm. it was just like after some kind of stop-start matches and obviously the match that came before, which was a boxing match. Yeah. It was back to the wrestling and they both seemed to know what they were doing. Velvet McIntyre just jumped off the turnbuckle yep. and uh, her boob almost falls out. This <laughs> <laughs> is funny. Um, uh, but she like she lands and in one move covers herself up, which I quite liked. Nice, so I like, pro. Professional, professional. Really professional. I, I, I sort of like it. There's a really, really shitty pin where it's almost like Moolah is like, I'm not even going to go. It's like, You know how you do a pin? Someone is lying down and you go across them. Mm. And Moolah is like, I'm just going to fucking lie on this however I like. <laughs> and I'm just going to press my arms down. And no one's really seen a pin like this before. So, it, so they sort of go, oh, what was that? And Moolah's just like, that is your fucking lot. I, I am gone. I've been doing this for decades, love. Moolah, oh man. She briefly had a bar called Moolah's Hideaway, <laughs> and it was one of Andre the Giant's favourite bars. Oh, and, brilliant. Uh, uh, it was running about the time, it was certainly in the early 80s, maybe as late as this. I would do anything to go to that bar. <laughs> where was it? I think it was probably where she was from. She came from one of those sort of southern states. Right. She she had a, a huge sort of ranch house. She was one of the sort of very influential pioneers of women's wrestling. Not mm. a popular character. As a right. result, she had a very big stranglehold on it. Partly the reason why she's the champion at this time, even though she looks like a pensioner, is because she is in charge of the whole of women's wrestling. Oh, right, okay. And she has this huge ranch house. She ends up living there with Mae Young. They are just two old-fashioned, tough broads. As a kid, I thought Moolah was crap. Now I sort of go, my God, to have been a woman in that male-dominated business mm. for that long, oh, enough credit to her. Mm. She lives in this big ranch with uh, Mae Young, and uh, a woman called Diamond Lil, who was a midget woman wrestler. Right. And Moolah essentially adopted her, and Diamond Lil called Moolah Ma. Moolah called Diamond Lil my damned midget. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Diamond Lil. Diamond Lil is the only one of the three who is still alive. She's yeah. significantly younger. Moolah, when she died, bought a plot that had the other two's names on it already so they were all going to be buried together <laughs> oh wow since then Mae Young has died and she's buried again she did an autobiography that is just knockout she also <laughs> seems like a horrible person <laughs> <laughs> gotta be gotta be in this business mate you know it <laughs> halfway there's, there's a post match bit where there's a panel happening after this match mm -hmm. and halfway through <laughs> halfway through the post match this gigantic fat man 
in like a bright orange jacket stands up and just walks out of frame as if he's gone for a hot dog. <laughs> like you'd think they'd block it out somehow that you wouldn't clearly see a member of the audience just stand up, fill the frame and leave. And they actually and, and about five minutes later they're still talking and he comes back and they try and zoom in to avoid him. But he walks more into shot, if anything. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. I like the fact that they put these up on the network as well. <laughs> and they don't go, Do you know what cut this bit out? It doesn't mean anything and that guy ruins it. No, <laughs> good. They did. Well, all they did with the first one you said was change the music at the start of WrestleMania 1 because it was like a Phil Collins song. <laughs> it <he> was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the next match is Nikolai Volkov uh, with classy yes. Freddie Blassie versus Corporal Kirshner. Because Volkov was in the last one, wasn't he? I remember yeah, Volkov, again, a guy from the 60s, hangs around. He hangs around to the early 90s. Mm. At should... least ten years too late. <laughs> He's, uh, He's a, sure. I think he was the former Yugoslav, Slavia. Yeah, and he spent a large part of his career playing an evil Russian at the height of the Cold War. Yeah, easy heat. I mean, he was... He's not great. Well, he sings the national anthem, doesn't he? He start. does, yeah. I Google him, apparently he owns 100 cats. <laughs> <laughs> he, owns a, he owns a ranch and 100 Someone's cats. Someone's doing nicely. This <laughs> <laughs> is close to 100 cats. It's like, <laughs> who's told you that? Like, he got close and oh. then suddenly it's 100 cats. Yeah, that is Wikipedia, but I mean, that would be a weird fact to add I'd, out of I, nowhere. I think that's probably true. <laughs> the last stuff I know about him, I mean, he's one of the guys who's always at the conventions, you know, and right. he makes a little bit of extra money on that, you know, more power to him. Mm. I think he'd actually, he was from one of those sort of Soviet states mm. and he escaped from and he spent his life really portraying the thing that he hated the most. Yeah, so yeah, actually, yeah. he enjoys being the evil <laughs> being the Russian. Bad guy, yeah, because yeah. he's not that, you know. <laughs> they have this flag match thing, and again, it doesn't really mean anything, but even even when I was watching this when I was about, I don't know, you know, I, I sort of got the videotapes when I was about 13. Even watching it then, I sort of go... I don't care about your flags. <laughs> when you come from Britain, you don't have that thing of going, we're going to put our flag up and take your flag down, yeah, and so, so that what will was, make you feel bad. So what was the thing? You, so the flag match is you put your flag up? Well, traditionally, a flag match would be you would get to fly your flag over. I mean, who gives up? You know, <laughs> why would you care? Yeah, exactly. Oh, but, but it ties into that American. You go over there, <laughs> I'll go over here, we can both do our flags. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't get it. It's just, it's just really, really weird. I uh, look at Kirchner. I learn what a stiff wrestler is. Yes. Apparently he's a hard man. Yeah. I love I love learning like terms that I was like I can use in later life. Stiff is is not is not necessarily hard. Someone like Stan Hansen in Japan, Kobayashi, they're very famous for being stiff. The Japanese go in hard, mm. and that's sort of strong style now. But in the old days, you would have called that stiff. Um, ah. you know, proper tough guys doing it. Do, and they like doing it, or they just kind of just a knob? You remember Vader at all? No. Vader, great big guy. He's an American, but he went to Japan, made his name out there, and when he came back to America, he was stiff. Right. And he would lay shots in. And so when you were going to have a match with Vader, you'd know that you were going to come out a little bit sore. <laughs> right, so okay. he wasn't sloppy. He wasn't potatoing people because he didn't mean to. He was stiff. Because he was going, I'm going to make this look really, really good. Really Yeah, because <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Kirshner, again, uh, you know, he's he's a one WrestleMania guy. He's brought in because Sergeant Slaughter well, disappears. I, that's what I... Do, like, so Corporal Kirchner, I thought... That's very Sergeant Slaughter. I, I presume yeah. that he might have been in some kind of corporal tag team with Sergeant Slaughter. No. Uh, weirdly, what happens is Sergeant Slaughter gets offered a toy deal with G.I. Joe where they go, you're a real American hero. We want to make a G.I. Joe of you. Right. And he goes to Vincent Mann and says, isn't this great? And Vincent Mann says, absolutely no way. Yeah. And the two of them part on very, very bad terms. Right. 
Slaughter misses probably the best years of his career. Certainly, in 81, he's having matches which are off the charts. By the time they patch it up, Slaughter has missed the sort of peak years of his career. Right. And he's back in time for WrestleMania 7, where he's in the main event, and he is... Uh, well, I mean, we'll get there. <laughs> but he's not good. He's not having a nice no. time. So Corporal Kirshner gets there because Sergeant Slaughter wanted a G.I. Joe. Right. There's a sentence you didn't think you'd say. Did he get his G.I. Joe, presumably? He did, he yeah. He did, right, yeah. He did. Uh, Corporal Kirshner got um, one of those big rubber ones from the 80s called the LJN, which was the WWE <laughs> ones. And let me tell you, it is one of the cheaper ones if you were looking for it secondhand <laughs> on eBay. I want it now. <laughs> yeah, he also, he's got a look about him as well, which is one of those looks that hasn't dated well, where he just looks a bit like, you know, you've seen Terry's dad. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, his wife left him and he's living in the woods now. He's, and he's, he's gone online, he's been reading about survival and stuff. And he looks a bit weird-eyed and he's a bit, it's a bit bargain basement soldiers wear. He, he's been living in his drag. Yeah. <laughs> he, okay. Can't afford the petrol, but it's, <laughs> but it is warm. Um, he's, I think he's also the first person who bleeds at WrestleMania. Cuts himself. Yeah, oh. yeah. I don't think I don't can't think anyone does it in WrestleMania one. No, I don't know because I, I was quite shocked. He gets he gets a in cut. The final I think, match, we get a cut. Don't I, we? I should imagine that he was told not to get cut because obviously it. you save that for the the big match. Yeah. I should imagine he either it was accidental or he <laughs> went into business on his own. And he may have gone to business on his own because he didn't always follow the rules. Uh, he's sacked the following year because he's tested positive for drug use. Oh. So uh, he then goes off actually has a career in Japan as a Leatherface, the character from um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> And he's they involved in some of the big sort of deathmatch stuff. They don't seem to care about intellectual property in Japan in the 90s. No, they? My, they just, you just get away with anything. My really, absolute favourite is after the success in the WWF of uh, Razor Ramon, mm. the Japanese brought out a character who was a Japanese wrestler, and he was called Razor Ramon HG. And the HG stood for hard gay. <laughs> and he's yes. a guy who hard just gay. wears... He's like a comedy kind of like gay he character, isn't he? Yeah, I've he seen is. him. He's from Osaka, I think, or some, uh -huh. somewhere like around there. Excellent food hard, in Osaka. Hard gay. Hard gay. Hard gay. And the, funny th the funniest thing about it is, not only is it copyright infringing, there's absolutely no need to have the word <laughs> Razor Ramon in there. <laughs> you know, he doesn't look like him. I think he might be the second hard gay. I think there's like different... There's a couple of gay characters uh, who... who double who, hard gay. Hard gay. Hard gay. Nice. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was on my uh, radar for a little <laughs> while. It's sort of weird Japanese uh, idiosyncrasies. I, I, the, well, the thing I really like now is, is like we, we'll do this, and there will be people who go. I've got to now go on YouTube to see Razor Ramon Hard Gay, <laughs> and Razor Ramon Hard Gay will be sitting at home going. What's happened? But I think... Sudden excitement? <laughs> Rizamon Hardgate, I think, does, like, kids' TV as well. Man. As the character called Hardgate. <sighs> so weird. I suppose if you're Japanese, the words Hardgate don't have the same connotation no. because it's a different language. But surely, I mean, if we had a guy here who, who came onto a children's show and his name was Japanese, you'd probably say, before you go on, what does your name mean in Japanese? <laughs> and if we went, oh, it means, it means... Massive homosexual. You go. Do you know what? Do you know what? You're going to have to just take a seat there. Just take. Just take the hard off. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2017. The other word's fine. <laughs> I don't know. If I told you this in the first one, but I remember seeing. Went to Japan and my mates are really into wrestling, and I'm. I'm, I'm not. We went to see. Is it New Japan? New, yeah, New Japan. I think you saw the best of the Super Juniors tournament, didn't you? Yes, it's an annual thing. There was like Tiger Tiger Masku and Tiger Masku, uh, and and he was signing stuff. I quite enjoyed him, but he's like the seventeenth one of him. Four. Right, I think okay. he's Tiger Mask 4. Well, but Taka, 
I think he used Takamichinoku. to be in, he used to be in WWE. Yeah. But his promo video, bearing in mind there are children in the, in the stadium. Where was it where I went? Because I think you because when me and you went to Japan, you went to see it. Corican Hall. Yes, Corican Hall. Of course, yes, 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 yes. And um, Taka's um, promo video before he comes out was like, "Are you ready, assholes? <laughs> Taka is coming, motherfuckers." And so I, I was looking around, going. Kids everywhere. <laughs> Takamichinoku spent a lot, you know, quite a lot of uh, time in America. Mm. That hasn't he come knows. by chance. <laughs> he knows what that means. Uh, sorry, Mr. Michinoku. I, we, we were just in the video. What are the words you want us to put in? Because <laughs> if they're not about you he... being hard gay, <laughs> we're not comfortable <laughs> with it. Uh, well, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are we? Sorry. Well, the next match we have is the Battle Royale. Yes. Um, this is uh, sort of a thing which actually, as time goes on, they begin to get this right. So here mm. they're going, let's have people from other sports. They have mm. um, six people from the NFL yes. against, I think, 12 or 14 wrestlers from the WWE mm. in a battle royale. They book it really badly because the NFL people are made to look like shit. 
mm. they just get rid of them and you go, well, what was the point of that? Mm. Um, but there is, there is. I mean, we don't, again, that weird thing, transatlantic, that, that loses something in the translation. We don't know very many NFL players, certainly not from the mid-80s, but there is one you do know, which is William the Refrigerator Perry. Yes. And he gets a reception unlike anybody else in the card. They don't really do quite enough with him. I mean, the, he, is, he is big, isn't he? He is I mean, big. He is big. Uh, we, we've had this before. We've met a few wrestlers when we were working on a radio show. And mm. even someone like Rey Mysterio, who is small, you know, one of the smallest world mm. champions of all time, really, even he is huge. He looks like, you know those PE horses that you do, like, like leapfrogs over? <laughs> those wooden boxes with the thing. He looks like one of those on its end with a mask on. I, 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 it, that body shape, short and wiry and wide and big at the same time. It's yeah. just like, he, 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 it, oh. he was massive. And you think that William the Refrigerator Perry is in there with people like Andre the Giant. Mm. He is a monster. <laughs> Absolute monster. But by the way, I mean, I mean, I am. I was so delighted. Uh, this is Andre. So right. it's the last time where he's coming out and he's pain-free and he's beaming and he's, you know, moving fine mm. and he just looks beautiful. Well, he looks, looks happy. He really like, does. He, he really does look like pleased he with looked, things. He's like honey monster. <laughs> he, com- just, he comes out and he's smiling. Oh. My wife was sitting next to me and she was just, as he came out, he was, she just sort of said, oh, he's so handsome. Like <laughs> it's transformative. He just looks otherworldly. I see him and he makes me feel like nauseous. Not nauseous. I get butterflies like he's a really pretty girl because I just think he's so brilliant. Because I don't know any of the wrestlers. Like they, they mm. sort of. It's all wrestling mush until we get to the Iron Shake appearing. Golden Boy Dan Spivy. Well, Dan Spivey, another wrestler who doesn't ever quite make it. He's right. done some good stuff. He's he's an early tag team partner of Sid Vicious in WCW, and there. He was the guy you, who has he got the same hair as Hogan? Yes. By in 95, he's back in WWE as a character called Waylon Mercy, which is based on Robert De Niro's character in Cape Fear. Right. It looked like he was going to do something he never did. He retired in 95 because of injuries. Then he did this. Right. In the early days of the internet, Dan Spivey decided to become a fashion model. <laughs> and he did a number of photographs, which are still on the internet. Now, Dan Spivey is not like conventionally attractive no I mean very few wrestlers are because they're, yeah. they're too big they're too big their faces are too big yeah um, he looks like a cross t- between <laughs> the murderer in Silence and the Lambs <laughs> and the murderer in Manhunter <laughs> have a look at that Oh, fuck, he's got no clothes on in that one. <laughs> I know. Look at that one, where he's doing the Indiana Jones kind of spectacles and... Uh, he wears glasses. Multiple looks. I'm nude, I've got glasses, I've got a horrible waistcoat, I've been waiting for you with my top off and my hands on my groin. There's not... The thing is, there's not even any white bits where he's he's clearly been uh, tanning in the nude. Well, you say tanning. Maybe he's just been lurking around the neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> God. It's, it's the... Oh... He's holding like a book, I think. He looks a in, little bit. In, in the same way nobody ever holds a book. He looks like a bit he's tearing in that it one, apart. Like, like he's... he's officiating a wedding. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I mean, they really are unsettling. If you have one of those come through your, through your door... His hair's too thin. And he's, too much bleach. And he's lost a bit of weight and he looks a bit cadaverous. <laughs> That is, uh, he, that is he actually else. does have one thing which came out of nowhere. He is given credit for coming up with the gimmick of Bray Wyatt, who is a current superstar, who right. is a sort of backwards, cult leadery, preachery 
type of figure. The person who portrays him actually said that Dan Spivey was the guy who really gave that character to him he, ah. when he made one visit, I think, to the Performance Centre, which is where they train. Um, so Spivey, whose career was unexceptional, may be yet remembered for one sort of really, you know, truly great gimmick. <laughs> I didn't realise that um, there was a Hart Foundation. That's who the tag team. guy? Like, what was his name? So you've got Bret Hart, yeah. who becomes later Bret Hitman Hart. Mm. This is his first WrestleMania. He's teamed up with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and they're managed by Jimmy Hart. In real life, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart were brothers-in-law. So right. Neidhart married one of Bret Hart's sisters. Yes. Neidhart, his daughter is now Natty Neidhart, who is a, a WWE uh, wrestler. Like the Bulldogs you see later, they revolutionise the business. Yes. Because they are the smaller guys who come in and they have astonishing matches. You can slightly tell the fact that, you know, they, they leave the two of them for the end for Andre to knock out. You would have thought they'd have left Andre against three of the NFL guys. Mm. But they choose the Hart Foundation because they know they can do a good job on it. Bret Hart ends up becoming a, such a huge part of WrestleMania. You would never have guessed that guy is the one who's going to carry this into the next generation. You know? Isn't that so weird? Mm, Isn't really that so strange. Weird? And um, Bruno Sammantino, who was... He was the dad from the last WrestleMania, wasn't he? Yes, he was, yeah. His he was son, like, David was... Sammartino. It's a really nice thing, this, this battle royal, because it ticks off a load of people who are really important. Sammartino, long-term champion. Mm. Pedro Morales is also in here, and mm. he was a long-term champion. San Martino was a hero to the Italian community in New York. When they took the belt off him, they gave it to Pedro, and Pedro was a part of the Hispanic community mm. of New York. And it was always that attempt to give them a hometown hero. Right. So it's quite nice that these two guys, uh, yeah. they managed to tick them off. They're yeah. really historic characters, and it's just nice that they get a sort of like little WrestleMania like tick. Unofficial Hall of Fame yeah. kind of induction. Along with Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> I like this look. <laughs> I mean, that's been repeated over and over again, hasn't it? I am not going to talk about Hillbilly Jim until... WrestleMania 3. Right. Oh, he's, he comes back. Right, okay. He's in the most unacceptable match of all fucking time. <laughs> he's a hillbilly, Mark. He will do ex- unacceptable things. That is a match where there are six people in it, and the hillbilly is the fifth most offensive thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I do like when the anvil um, gets kicked out of the ring. Mm. He realises halfway through the movie he's in the wrong position, in the wrong direction, and he has to sort of make momentum that does not exist what in his pro. body and throws himself what out of the pro. ring. Andre's in there, and it's, and it's actually, it's that, you know, later on, Andre is a bad guy, and he spent his whole career as a good guy, and this right. is really the last, this is the last time you will see Andre get such a warm response, mm. and that is why it, also, it just breaks my heart. Um, just one thing, I was looking at for, for information about WrestleMania 2, I, I found an interview with Jake Roberts, where he mentioned that Andre the Giant once farted on him, and it lasted for 25 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> the man is a The next match is the WWF Tag Team Champions Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake, known yes. as the Dream Team, uh, with their manager Johnny Valiant, against the British Bulldog. I d- again, I didn't realise that the British Bulldogs were in, like there was a tag team. Yeah, very ah. agile, very agile compared to everybody else in the ring. It seems Dynamite Kid is there, and Dynamite Kid is he's the greatest wrestler of <laughs> the eighties. No, that's an idiotic thing to say. He is my favourite wrestler of the eighties. <laughs> Mark, I read up on him, and I just read little things, and I and I was with wrestlers. Mm. You imme- on the Wikipedia entry, you immediately click on either the word death or personal, personal life. life, and. I watched his last appearance yeah. in Japan. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't. Didn't, didn't look well, did he? <laughs> no, he he had a very hard life, partly because of the the way that he wrestled. Uh, in eighty one and eighty two, he is wrestling the original Tiger Mask, and he puts Tiger Mask on the map because their matches are so state of the art; they're beyond anything the world's ever seen before. Right, they are some of the few matches you can watch from the early part of the eighties that are every bit as good as any match you'd ever see today. Right. They are astonishing. They're all on YouTube. Dynamite Kid, he was doing what no one else was doing. He paid for that. He destroyed his back. Mm. You can see it in this match. There's a point where Greg Valentine runs into him at the end and Dynamite Kid just goes off the top rope and onto the floor. He was doing that on a nightly basis. He's in terrible pain. Within six months, his back just totally collapses mm. when he's running across the ring. That's all it takes. Wah. It just collapses. He is done. The style that he used just destroyed his, his body. He was taking pain pills to cope with the pain mm. and he was also taking huge amounts of steroids Dynamite Kid is the, is the really the textbook this is how wrong it can go mm. it's made so much worse by the fact when you watch him in the ring there was nobody who could go like the Dynamite Kid his stuff in Japan made him a legend his last match in Japan he came back the crowd are visibly shocked by mm. his appearance it's the only time you've seen someone really wearing spandex tights so they're hanging, off, hanging off him. They're yeah. hanging off him. I mean, there's really nothing there. Well, he, he, he sort of like got a build of a normal human point, yeah. which is weird. By the 90s, he's wrestling back in Britain, but by the 90s, his tag team partner in this, David Boy Smith, mm. has trademarked the name British Bulldog. And right. Dynamite Kid, if he advertises the original British Bulldog, Dynamite Kid, he gets a cease and desist letter. Right. So he suddenly can't trade on that. It's worth saying he started, they both started their career in England, a world of sport. Their world of sport stuff is fantastic. Dynamite Kid is wrestling as Tom Billington, or the Dynamite Kid, and Davy Boy Smith is wrestling as young David. But both from Lancashire, I think. Both well. from Lancashire. Both I think Gold born in Lancashire. Yeah. Um, Dynamite Kid is still alive. He is not in a good way. He'd spent a number of years in a wheelchair. Um, but, the, but that's the thing, I guess if you're not Hulk Hogan, or you're not The Rock, or you're not, you can't afford the level of care for a functioning wrestler effectively no. and you do have to turn up the pain pills I, I, I think he probably spent an awful amount of his money on pain medication mm. and, and getting hooky prescriptions and, mm. and this that and the other he wrote a very good autobiography called Pure Dynamite which is very very good there's lots and lots of wrestlers talking about him online in shoot interviews he is not popular mm. even though he's in these, this, this terrible state he's since had a stroke there is a video of him that was made last year by Satoru Sayama, who is the original Tiger Mask. Mm. They hadn't spoken for 20 years, and a, a Japanese film crew goes to find Billington, and they deliver a video message from Sayama. And it's really, really nice, but Sayama, I'm not sure, has been told... I'm not sure what he's been told. I think he's been told that Dynamite Kid is in a coma. <laughs> and Dynamite Kid isn't in a coma. Dynamite Kid has had a stroke and is just very impaired. And... He sends the video message, he says, Tommy, you are strongest man. You are the man with the strongest spirit. It's really nice. And then he gets his tiger mask mask out, and he puts it on, and he says... Hi, Tommy. Remember? Wake up. Hi, Tommy, wake up. Let's get fighting. <laughs> oh, and it cuts back to dynamite who, there's no expression on his face. I don't know what he's making of <laughs> it. Should I call him it? <laughs> if you ever want to see a very, very unwell man being threatened by a cartoon <laughs> tiger... <laughs> On, on an MPEG, you've got you've got to watch it. It, oh, it is worth dear. it is worth noting. There was a GoFundMe page for Dynamite Kid, which I believe was set up by his family. He deserves some help for the hours, days of enjoyment that I've got from watching his matches. Great, right? Well, 
hour nine. We're in the third venue. <laughs> this is the Los Angeles Sports Arena. Mm. It is never ending, Pete. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, it was only three and a bit hours, and it felt like it was forever. Uh, they bring out Elvira. The most '80s celebrity of all time. I mean, I was a big fan. <laughs> I don't remember her at all. Do you not? Maybe because really. she had video games as well. I'm trying to think what she would be over here. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking maybe. Do you remember when like they used to do like um, Spooky Night on Channel Four, and you'd get like Emily Booth, yeah, doing like, oh, I'm a bit sexy and spooky. Yeah, gotcha. I think she was like that kind of character. She would introduce spooky films, and then she was in a couple of spooky films as well. She's actually really good in this because she goes into it mm. with a sort of sense of this is all fun and gaudy and. You know, she's obviously a pro. Yeah. Uh, did you look at her Wikipedia? Uh, no, yeah. I don't know much about her. Oh, well, she lost her virginity to Tom Jones. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, she said she needed stitches because he was an aggressive lover. Wow, that's, uh, that's something, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, can't, can't lie below almost dead. In the 80s... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn my chair around. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? So you have somewhere to sit because there's a lot of blood loss. <laughs> oh, no. Good Lord, Mark Haynes. That was not Mark Haynes, that was Tom Jones. Oh, right, sorry. I was just yeah. appeared at one point in the, yeah. in the last scene. Too many Gimmicks. extra people. Need... Too they many. They said he was from Manchester. He's clearly not from Manchester. Yeah, they What's really... What's that about? Why name an unfamiliar place if you get it wrong? Do you know, they used to do that with David Boy Smith all through the years. Yeah, annoyingly, like, you know, they'd say, from Lancashire, the British Bulldog, and the next week it'd be from Leeds, the British Bulldog, <laughs> from Manchester, the British Bulldog. He was I from... mean, to be fair, we are about as big as a state anyway. Yeah, so, right. Right. It was from the state of Texas. But why so... wasn't the British Bulldog going back and going... Mate, it's really easy, right? Where I'm from, all, all you need to say is you just go, yeah. Wigan, from Wigan, England. That'll do. I'll take Manchester. Don't yeah. worry about it, mate. The uh, Lord Alfred Hayes appears. He's with Elvira and um, Steamboat. I've got uh, Steamboat Hernandez. Yeah, the next match is Ricky Steamboat versus Hercules Hernandez. Right, is the... right, And the mic is fucked on this. This really goes, woo! And then Jesse Ventura's... He just sounds like he's in the tin when he's, when he's speaking. Um, it's not a bad match, this, you know. No. Steamboat, it's hard for him to have a bad match match. Hercules Hernandez, a guy called Ray Fernandez. I, I like him for two reasons. One, he's really pink, like he's been boiled, or he's got out of a really hot bath. And the other thing, he's one of the few WWF wrestlers who there's no merchandise really for. He died uh, of heart failure at 47 right. um, in the early 2000s. And he'd been a WWF, I mean he was there for about uh, seven, eight years, mm. and he was a sort of famous guy. Mid-card, but famous. Mm. But his family refused to do licensing. anything. Yeah, licensing. Oh, okay. Because I think they, they blame the, the business for his death. Yeah. The, the pressures of the business and what he had to do. His gimmick was about being very muscular. Yeah. So I think you know, the cause of death at 47 of a heart attack is it's probably... Probably linked to something. I think yeah. you can safely say it's steroid-related, yeah. yeah. Um, Next match? The Grayson Perry of wrestling. Adrian Adonis versus Uncle now, Elmer. Uh, this Adrian Adonis chap, Adonis mm. chap, I like the perfume gimmick, mm. and I like the fact that he is fucking massive, but oh, yeah. he does slapstick so well. He's like, he falls good. out of rings in the funniest way I've ever seen him. Yeah. It really made me laugh. He was a really good wrestler. <laughs> so he, he, had a bike, he had a biker gimmick originally, but he's known as being one of the great wrestlers. Right. He did this this gimmick. No one's quite sure whether <laughs> he's being punished or something. Right. But he does it really <laughs> he well. Really he's one it. of those guys who physically is <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah. He, he didn't get that size until really late in his career, and everyone was like, you're lazy, you're a slob. But right. he is... Brilliant, watchable. <laughs> uh, he's also up against Uncle Elmer. Right. And Uncle Elmer is appalling. He is so... <laughs> he looks like a, a massive baby that's homeless, right? <laughs> he makes me feel ill. And he comes in, and Adrian Donis is there, and he starts doing, like, an effeminate hand flap. And I was looking at that, and I was thinking... 
If anyone sort of saw me watching this, a big, <laughs> fat, baby-like hillbilly doing the ooh, ducky hand thing, <laughs> while there's a man dressed in what looks like a, you know, shower curtain going, <laughs> You know, is it any wonder that people think it's squalid and pathetic? <laughs> anyway, I started looking into Uncle Elmer, and I, uh, he's hilarious. He's originally, he's a guy called Stan Frazier. In this match, right, he's 48. That's seven years Bloody older than hell. I am, okay? He looks like he's 70. <laughs> but he is notorious in wrestling. He's the biggest con man that ever lived. So he used to spend his entire time selling hooky Rolexes to the other wrestlers. <laughs> he had a shoe store and he'd turn up at every venue with a van full of shoes that he'd try and sell to people as they were coming out. Oh, my dear. And my favourite one is once he asked King Kong Bundy to walk on him, and King Kong Bundy did, and then Stan Fraser took some old x-rays where he'd had a broken rib into the office and said, King Kong Bundy walked to me and broke my ribs, can I have some money? You know, just a really... There's one guy who has a, a website called um, plowboyfraser.com and he's like, every single thing on it, he's just going, oh, I know he's awful. I know I'm going to get a load of abuse for collecting this together. The FAQ is brilliant because the opening question is just, is Uncle Elmer dead? Yes. <laughs> Are you happy about that? <laughs> I'm, I'm not unhappy. Um, he's, but the Rolex uh, keeps ticking. The Rolex the is Robex. so <laughs> I uh, bought a fake Rolex at once, and I was changing the time, and the um, second hand just popped off. <laughs> and it was, like, rattling around in the bottom for ages. You're, I just like the look of the Rolex. I was like, I like quite, quite like the look of that. I'm not paying four grand for a watch. I, I remember someone saying to me that they had bought a fake, <laughs> and they'd sent it to Rolex, saying, I bought a fake, and you should should destroy it and he said they were so pleased they sent him back a real rolex i'm not buying that no of course not because <laughs> then if you had a load of fake rolexes you'd be like i'm not flogging these for 30 quid i'll send a box of them to rolex <laughs> they'll send me originals back and then i'll sell them <laughs> perfect scam perfect scam for uncle elmer <laughs> the penultimate match is terry and hoss funk versus tito santana and junkyard dog yes hoss is actually a, a wrestler called dory funk jr brother of terry funk they changed his name in the WWF, no idea why. Um, I, I don't think they like the word junior because Vince McMahon was Vince McMahon Jr. Right. His dad is Vince McMahon Sr., yeah, yeah, Vince yeah, yeah. Uh, J. McMahon. And so he didn't like any wrestlers having the word junior because he hated being right? called junior. Ah. So people like Rey Mysterio Jr. became Rey Mysterio. Uh, Alfred Hayes calls the, the Funks two wild boys uh, with their combined age of 88. Um, <laughs> two wild boys. <laughs> Terry Funk is, is an absolute legend of wrestling. He's probably a legend when he's taking part in this. Former NWA champion, like his brother. Mm. And he carries on working with everyone. So by 89, he's having these matches with Ric Flair in the NWA, which are exceptionally good. In the mid-90s, he's in ECW, giving the rub to everyone coming forward. He's in Japan again, and he's still going. His last match was in September 2017. Holy moly. He is still going. I think he's 73. Incredible. Just an astonishing man. I was um, chatting, I was interviewing Billy Corgan, or William Patrick Corgan, he's, he's now going as. But he's just bought the NWA, hasn't he? He has. He's bought the rights to it. There's still questions he... about what he's really bought. Again, mm. with all these things in wrestling, nothing is transparent. Everyone is still carny. There's a yeah. sense of, you know, you buy one thing and you end up with another. There's mm. always someone trying to grift you. Yeah. That's the nature of the but business. He's, but he's like, he's been involved in a few type, few little kind of setups and stuff, and I don't know why he's getting involved again, because he's been burned so many times. I know? think the one thing that, like, 
like history has taught us is that unless you're the WWE, it's very difficult to make mm. good, long-lasting, but I, but I didn't consistent realize, money in wrestling. But I didn't realise it was like the oldest one, well, or one of the older ones. Anyway, yeah, certainly. yeah. There's a there's a I'm very sorry. very boring book about the monopoly of the NWA, which goes back to the <laughs> sort of turn of the century. Ah. But it's uh, it's not particularly gripping. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Not the book of the week. And then um, we get uh, the main event, which yeah. is Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. In a cage. There's some cutting in there. Alfred Hayes is involved in the start, I think, of it. I can't remember now. but I, There's a little point. thing that Hulk Hogan does with Mean Gene where he's in the gym and they keep mentioning, for some reason, uh, the doctor who's there, who's a guy called Dr. Bob Ponovich. Right. And he keeps going, Dr. Bob Ponovich has told me I shouldn't go into the ring tonight. <laughs> and Dr. Bob Ponovich sort of goes, that's exactly right, Hulk. I think it's really bad. Dr. Bob Ponovich is a real doctor in WWE, and he's still there today. Oh, wow. And he's... I did notice the only thing you can really find out about him online is... In 1995, uh, someone tried to sue him because he had a funny hair plug business. <laughs> and the person wasn't happy with how their hair turned out. I so, think that Hulk Hogan business. might have had hair plugs at well, various points. Well, look, I mean, look at his hair in this one. I it's, know. it's almost gone. Yeah. I, it's th- almost gone there. It is. And th- th- this guy who made the complaint against the Doctor Who we see in this in 1995, mm. what he says sounds very much like, like Hulk Hogan's hair. He says, mine looks like Barbie doll hair. The hair is hard and feels terrible. <laughs> so it's not even the look, it's just the, the feel. Oh, it's very painful. He, <laughs> <laughs> he had to have lots of operations. Uh, we get more interest before it starts. Star of Silver Spoons, Ricky Schroeder. A teenager comes in the ring, the crowd boo him. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point in WrestleMania, even though this is the main event, I was like, I, I, I don't, don't know what I'm looking at anymore, to no. be honest. As a kid, I thought King Kong Bundy looked massive. Mm. And he was like the fattest person I'd ever seen in my life. I, I've seen fatter people in him. <laughs> I really have. Like, he actually has quite a youthful face, Bundy. He does. I think he was quite young then. I don't mm. think he's that old now. He blades in this match. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon had told Hogan not to blade. I think it was all part of him being Superman. You couldn't see him Bleed. bleeding. Right, okay. Uh, and so Bundy had to do that. There's a really kind of redacted bit where he does it, and it's like, I don't know, where do they keep their blades? In their, in, in their uh, People keep it in different places. A lot of people have it taped onto a finger, or you'd be passed it by the referee. Or yeah, because could... I think his, his assistant comes on and puts his yeah and yeah. sort of goes oh are you alright it's a very boring it's... match there, there haven't been very many cage matches as main mm. events and that's because the slow climb out of the cage while Bundy is crawling for the door it mm. doesn't really make sense go through the door run through the door <laughs> bell goes through door done um, and it, it's the wrong main event the cage is too solid for me and the camera angles don't treat yeah, it very well they made honest. the cages like that so that so it could be filmed better for, for TV. Right. So okay. in the NWA, they've still got the sort of classic chain link fence thing. Ah. But it was done so people in the arena and people at home could see it better. And as such, it just becomes. Uh, who cares? I, um, I, mean, I mean, there's very little you can say about this. It's a sort of classic Hogan match. It's not very exciting. Mm. It's not very interesting. It follows a formula. The only thing I really liked about it is that uh, I read a, a recent interview with King Kong Bundy and he was talking about it. In a way, he's a strange person to have had a WrestleMania main event. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of people on the card who were bigger. I think originally they were thinking about giving... Uh, Hogan, the WrestleMania main event with Macho Man Randy Savage. Right, yeah. They'd been doing a lot of arena shows before mm. that and they were having really, really good matches. It could have been very different. Randy Savage the next year has a Stone Cold classic that he wouldn't have had mm. had he been in the main event of this. So it did work right, out in okay. the end. The nicest thing is that Bundy in this recent interview, he was talking about what he did afterwards and it's so different from the modern world where he finished the match and he said, uh, after 
I finished the match. I went out for a really nice dinner. Oh. Isn't that nice? And then I caught a flight to the next town. The <laughs> constant churn. At this time as well, I suppose, we're looking at WrestleMania. It wasn't special. It only becomes special for the wrestlers when they've grown up watching it. Mm. So you have to wait sort of almost 12, 13 years before people are excited about being on WrestleManias. For right. them, it's just another night in a long chain of dates they can't see the end of. <laughs> Heartbreaking. It also ends with one last thing, which is Bobby Heenan, the, the manager mm. of King Kong Bundy. He died, and I hadn't seen anything about him since I'd read he died. And so to see him again, I was like, oh, there's Bobby Heenan. And Hulk Hogan kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> and I, I felt really sad. <laughs> All that remains to do, really, is to work out what we're going to do uh, next time. I think we'll probably look at WrestleMania 3. Yay! Yay! That's not shit. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye! WrestleMania! Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.